Hariyom and welcome to the seventh and final episode of the Gurudev podcast. In this episode, we speak with the National Director of Chick West, Pooja Swami Sarveshanandji. Let's get to it. The body, mind, and intellect. Arjuna Vaja Arjuna Laws of causation. Discover your identity with God. Keep the goal highest. So Swamiji, in this series, we've focused on Gurudev, the man, his vision, and our mission what we do going forward. So Swami Sarveshananji has the distinct privilege of knowing Gurudev really well during the last years of his life. So how did the meeting in 1989 occur and how did Swamiji become affiliated with Gurudev? Hariyo. It was not something that was planned. Hariyo. It was not something that it was planned, but it was a bunch of friends who were into soccer. We wanted to, we were practicing for our nationals in soccer and uh, the field, soccer field where we would usually go to practice that was occupied by this Chinmaya mission which now I'm an integral part of and there were a steady stream of people that were coming and assembling and there was a huge Shamiana, huge arrangement being made and sharp at about 6.25 this old man with grey hair he walks in and uh, people are like pin drop silence and he's roaring away something and we were not very amused because it was our grounds that were taken we were not informed we were ticked off and yet we didn't leave because we had time to kill and we were very far away from all the sounds that the lecture was making but we could see we could see Puja Gurudev in, uh, in, uh, as a speck and there was a 20,000 crowd in between him and us and probably another 15, 1600 uh, vehicles that were parked there and we were at the end of the parking lot sitting on our motorbikes and uh, you know goofing off and you know we were many of us were ticked off to a point where we were criticizing all these mahatmas and such institutions and uh, institutionalized religion and various topics we were flowing all over the place and one of us said i hear that uh, such mahatmas can read our minds and that was uh, a very heated discussion and many of us said that's nonsense nobody can uh, you know peek into your mind and read your thoughts uh, unless somebody even it is so difficult for somebody who has expressed their thought 
to even understand that thought, uh, to peek into your head and to understand your thought and to grasp it, 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 it's nonsense. As we were discussing, the roaring sound of Puja Gurudev uh, suddenly stopped and he was having his signature laugh. Uh, we don't know what he was speaking because we were not paying attention, but that moment or momentary pause caught our attention and after about 15-20 minutes when he finally spoke, uh, he said, many of you here, my friends, think that I can read your thoughts. And we were zapped looking at each other like, holy cow, he, we were just talking about it. Is it a coincidence? Did he read our minds? And while this, these thoughts were racing in our head, he paused momentarily for you know two, three seconds and he said, even if I could, why would I be interested in your trash? And something, something that was uh, very profound that happened, I felt connected. And the next day I did come, but not wanting to show keen interest as if somebody was waiting and watching me. No, no, nothing was happening, but it was to my own inner uh, battle, I guess. So by the third day I was in the crowd. By the fourth day I was in the forefront. By fifth day I was opening the door and uh, ushering Gurudev's wheelchair. And uh, the rest is history. I would say that is love at first sight. He just asked my name the day I opened the door. And as I pushed that wheelchair all the way up. And uh, here is a man who is like, you know, eagerly waited upon by 20,000 people who I get an opportunity to push the wheelchair up. And having reached there, uh, he gently holds my arm and says, thank you. And that, that profoundness, that gentleness, that common than the commoner kind of uh, uh, personality, it, it left a deep impression that it became one after the other and the rest is history. And Swamiji was a chick during Gurudev's last four years of his life. Yes. So during that time, with the failing health, what was his work still like? How was he still going about? There were times when serving Puja Gurudev in his last four years, whether it was in a Siddhabari camp or uh, in Hyderabad when we used to have his yagnas, and sometimes we would get the rare opportunity to be in personal service, like you know, pressing his feet or arranging his room or doing other chores. Uh, I have seen him sitting in the room trying to even gasp for some air and, uh, and that was inside the room. And I remember in 93, at that time we didn't realize that it was his going to be his last birthday. So we, I mean, my job was to, early morning, uh, there was a doctor that would draw blood. I think I drew blood from Gurudev uh, at least twice, because the doctor said, oh, you know it now, you can do it, kind of. So yes, and Gurudev used to jokingly call me as a vampire. Come on, vampire, suck some blood. 
and it was my job to quickly run to the diagnostic center and get it analyzed and the doctor would look at his that day's chart and, uh, and it was so meticulously monitored and he was fatigued he was tired but that was in the room and uh, the doctors would fit him with all the monitors under his kurta he would walk out and for the next four five hours until he is out there in the public eye whether he is delivering a lecture or uh, going for a bhiksha or just entertaining the yuva kendra members cheering them up for different projects that they have done and dedicated to him and the moment he would come inside he would just lie down there and collapse just to get a breather and then he would again get up uh, come to the table sit down and by that time he had a personal secretary who to who he would dictate letters and sometimes there were certain personal letters that he would uh, insist on writing it himself uh, even at that failing uh, heart condition where i was told that usually heart attack is when there is about 20% not functioning here was a person whose 18% of heart was functioning and yet he would go out there what 4 5 hours in the morning 4 5 hours in the afternoon another 4 5 hours in the evening and he would deliver lectures roar like a lion uh, come back deliver to all the letters that have come to him one day it so happened that <clears throat> Uh, you know after the yagna after the bhiksha there was some committee meeting of a certain center that wanted a design if i am not wrong it was <clears throat> now swami sridharanand ji uh, from trichy uh, swami ji had come for tamare pakam design and there were the committee members who were sitting there and they had drawn the i mean they had come up with a design but puja gurudev uh, closed his eyes and uh, he gave a design that was so unique and he just closed his eyes and he was so much into that meeting and he came after the meeting and he was you know sitting in the chair a big cushiony chair and he just put his feet up and, uh, and i was already there at his feet so he just put his feet in my lap so and he pointed towards his knees and then without saying a word he said downward from the knees downward so i with all my strength uh, massaged for about 40 45 minutes and he was closing his eyes there was absolute silence there were a couple of them that walked into the room just to check what was happening and seeing that he was you know taking rest and i was massaging they left after 45 minutes he suddenly wakes up pulls his legs backwards and uh, moves to his chair sits down and he says chalo let's work now it's about 11 11:10 at night and he says chalo let's work and he starts writing those personal letters that he had a stack of them the other things that were administrative i guess that were already dictated and given so in these letters my job was to fold which i didn't know how to 
and he showed how to put it in the envelope and then how to write to and fro uh, to and from address and then a stamp and while this was uh, happening my first job that i did first folding that i did i did a lousy one he did not get annoyed he did not get angry but instead he said uh, this is how you need to do he took that time for such a person who is so busy to take time to talk to a young kid as to how to fold a letter and he insisting that this is narayana seva and in that seva we cannot be callous or lethargic we should pay attention to every minute detail so that was a lesson that day and that day i think there was like series of lessons that happened because i had seen gurudev how fatigued that he was and uh, as if i knew everything as if i know anything now <laughs> that uh, puja gurudev i suggested to him that why don't you write there only like what five ten letters the why why can't we do that tomorrow morning so first thing that he looked at me smiled and said uh, so you mean to guarantee me that there is a tomorrow for me and that was profound talk about living a day in its completeness that when he sleeps that he is sleeping with a satisfaction that if i don't get up i have done everything that i have been given responsibility of completely and thoroughly that if i wake up tomorrow it's just a blessing and that was an amazing outstanding message that he gave but then as i kept insisting just to put my young heart at rest uh, he said narayana is great he has given the pain in my legs so that i can throw them under the table and work over them and that was the spirit that was the intensity with which he would dedicate his uh, health his body his mind his uh, resources for just one pure cause to uplift the mindset of entire humanity to this shastra vichara which can which is the only method through which you can give maximum happiness to maximum people for maximum time and he lived that motto for his entire life and he dedicated everything that he had for it then at his mass samadhi time august of 93 swami ji was by the brahmachari at sandipani no 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 i was not a brahmachari i was intending to i had applied for that vedanta course which was supposed to be inaugurated on august 14th in 93 by puja gurudev but then we heard this unfortunate news that uh, gurudev attained mahasamadhi so i was not a brahmachari then i was somebody who was intending to join the vedanta course had applied and i had my own series of uh, Uh, comedy of errors uh, that i missed the interview that was conducted so i had to write a letter to gurudev requesting him to allow me though i had missed the interview 
and uh, Gurudev did write a letter to me and probably I should say that that response was one of the last responses that I don't say this is the last but one of the last responses because it was undersigned July 29th which is just the day or the evening before he uh, went into a coma even at that stage he took patience to scribble those two lines to say that yes you are permitted so i was not in a vedanta course then so but we i was active in yuva kendra in hyderabad chinmay mission we had started another yuva kendra center in gachibauli uh, serlingampalli area and many of us from both centers we were about 50 45 50 yuva kendra members that had reached and uh, it so happened that uh, we were all waiting in delhi uh, to receive puja gurudev's uh, mortal coil there was this uh, uh, sardar ji uh, who was in the indian army or who had retired from indian army and uh, he looked around and there were a lot of them but somehow he picked two of us uh, one was uh, brahmachari aniket chaitanya ji who was uh, the chick uh, or chick coordinator or co-lead at a national level and he picked me so we literally went onto the tarmac in delhi airport to receive gurudev's body and then we brought gurudev's body into delhi lodi estate there was no mission center there there's just you were the two selected from all the way from hyderabad to go to delhi to receive the body no 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 there were a lot of us who went to delhi, went to, delhi to be to there, be there okay, okay. a part of it okay. of those many who had been assembling from different parts of india to- he just picked randomly two of us and we thought it was just to go to the airport and bring gurudev's body mm-hmm. but then uh, it so happened that both of us were uh, the only or major two responsible for until gurudev's body was lowered in the mahasamadhi in siddhabad so the body was brought in in delhi lodi estate area where there was no mission center built it was only later that the mission center got built in that place uh, behind that there is a a small uh, temple dedicated to gurudev where there is a statue of gurudev that is exactly where the body was placed and there was a huge huge tent that was raised and a uh, lot of politicians lot of uh, movie people a lot of singers a lot of devotees dignitaries they started lining up um it was on the i'm i'm guessing it it should be on the fourth evening or fifth morning where we had darshan for the people who had come from come to delhi to have last darshan of puja gurudev 
and uh, in Delhi in August, body to be kept under a tent. Uh, the heat was uh, unbearable. This it was sultry. So we had huge ice slabs. So we had to assemble those ice slabs, tie them up together, and salt them so that they don't. Uh, it doesn't uh, uh, dilute or melt quickly. And we had placed in Gurudev on that, and then we had to lower the lower that lower Gurudev's body into the uh, casket or a box that it had come in. The sannyasis are not cremated; they are buried. They are buried, and uh, so we repacked and uh, and took Gurudev's body into the car. Aniketji was in the car with the body, and I was in the car behind. And then Guruji, Purushottamananji, uh, Pranavananji. There were a lot of uh, cars that had assembled. So we went from Delhi to Chandigarh, took a break, and then reached Siddhavari. And there were already about five, six thousand people that had arrived, knowing that that would be the place for Gurudev's final resting place. And of all the places in India, then why Siddhavari? Many have said that, and I've overheard our senior acharyas mention that Gurudev loved that presence of Hanumanji there, that uh, presence of uh, Himalayas. That he had uh, people have heard him often say that if something were to happen tomorrow, that that would be the place that he would. Finally, rest in. So that I think was a, a hint given by Gurudev himself that that it was chosen to be his final resting place. And uh, we reached there. So since August fifth through August eighth, uh, when the final Mahasamadhi did happen, and. Uh, by then, I was also learning Vedic chanting and other things, so I very clearly remember that Purusha Sukta and Taitri Upanishad were chanted, and I was also mumbling that little mantras that I knew. <clears throat> and uh, that was a very overwhelming. I'm not a very emotional person, but. Something that had connected, something that had such a deep connection, and that it was not like I was trying to cry; it was tears rolling out. And for three and a half, four days, um, being with Gurudev's body is—I uh, don't know—he must have chosen. Only knowing him for four years, he had such an impact that that was your emotion at that point. What were the people there that had known him for forty plus years, had been there from the beginning? How were they even able to carry on at that moment? I guess there were few people who were as I wouldn't say that I was traumatized, but. There was some feeling that you know something was uh, something was being 
lost, if that can be used as a word there. There were quite a few like me, but there were Acharyas and other Grihasthas who were there who were very stoic. Uh, I, I found that very strange that if you have lived with him for 30-40 years, you have known him for 30-40 years, how in heaven do you not be emotional? But it's only later after joining the Vedanta course that I understood. Uh, Puja Guruji who delivered that message also said, if we are true devotees of Puja Gurudev, then his whole lifelong message was a simple fact that he is not the body. We are not the body. And that Vedantic concept was lived by these Mahatmas, these Sadhu, these uh, Acharyas and Sannyasis, which I didn't understand then. But even so, when Puja Guruji uh, announced what was the next plan in line, in the last four or five minutes, he also broke up and uh, he broke up because somebody asked him, so how does Swamiji feel uh, now that it has been announced that Swamiji is going to lead Chinmay mission? How does it feel to be in his shoes? So he completely teared up and he it took a while for him to compose himself. And while wiping the tears, he said, uh, I don't know about being in his shoes, but I certainly am at his shoes. I know only to serve. And uh, that began the innings for Puja Guruji, Swami Tejomanandji, as the next head of Chinmay Mission worldwide. And in the nearly quarter century that he has served in that role, his main focus has been to simply carry out Gurudev's vision. That if we're all servants of Gurudev, he's the head servant of Gurudev. So, what do you think, not speaking for him, but when he carried that out, what was the, the main ideal that he had? Well, the best answer that somebody can give is Puja Guruji himself as to what or how he aligned himself to Gurudev's vision but as an onlooker because I was there at that time when it was announced and I have been fortunate enough to be with Guruji at various various environments the only thing that strikes amazing is he was what about 45 43 43 so he was about 43 when he took that responsibility of about 300 plus Chinmay mission centers worldwide and uh, to be an administrator uh, right next, right after such a charismatic uh, stalwart like Puja Gurudev and everything about Puja Guruji was uh, unlike Gurudev. I mean to start with uh, the height, Gurudev was tall, Guruji was 
not or is not. Uh, Gurudev uh, was a profound speaker and Guruji was, is, uh, he is a, a very simple speaker. He doesn't use complex words, he doesn't use complex sentences, he keeps things very simple. So his style of functioning was also very different and simple. But when you look at his dedication as to how he dedicated every aspect of his last 23 years at Puja Gurudev's uh, feet in fulfilling the vision, one after the other, one after the other, the, the recent one being even after 23 years, still the vision of the master is being fulfilled. The Chinmaya Vishwavidya Peet. Uh, the university, which was a long dream for Gurudev to begin. And uh, Puja Guru, Guruji, one after the other, has been fulfilling all these visions of Puja Gurudev. And on the side, continuing the mission with the same fervor, instilling the same devotion to that Supreme, towards Gurudev, plus taking care of various brahmacharis and Vedanta courses. On the top of it, as if this was not sufficient, he has been composing, writing books, um, writing bhajans, um, organizing or arranging music for it. When you look at his whole 23 years, and not that the prior to that was any less, but these 23 years with the added responsibility, I would say we had the best uh, successor in Puja Guruji. That it was easy for Gurudev to walk with that stalwartness because it was his vision. But to understand Puja Gurudev's vision, to sustain it and to grow it, I think Puja Guruji did an amazing job and we'll be ever thankful for leading us uh, constantly reminding us of Gurudev and uh, being there for us in Gurudev's uh, place and so there are some tangible parts to his vision that he had like the creation of the Vishwavidya like you said but there are some that in the next quarter century where we don't know clearly, this is what Gurudev said about what we should do. How do we know that we're still faithful to that vision and not improvising on our own? And thinking and attributing, saying, oh, this, is, this must be what he wanted, but let's do it this way. There are books that Puja Gurudev has written. There are diary notes that Puja Gurudev has left. Books like, As I Know. There's a small booklet where he talks about his grand vision of this Shastra, this knowledge to reach far and wide and how he envisions to do that. So in such booklets and in such works that he has left behind, and Chinmay Mission is still very young. There are many of these sadhus and sannyasis who have lived with Puja Gurudev, who have been groomed by Puja Gurudev, who have heard it personally, first-hand account of Gurudev saying it in multiple occasions. So that has been gathered, collected and documented through the archives. 
so that gives the vision that we are staying true to uh, puja gurudev's vision and we have a clear road map to travel on yes even if we did not have all this documentation okay and suddenly i felt like i was talking like a western mindset of a will and a paper trail and other things no i think puja gurudev's vision was very simple to bring this knowledge of upanishads to a common man not trivializing the upanishads but uplifting the common man to the status of upanishadic understanding and application in their day to day life that shastra that shastra vichara which has been the that's why gnana yagnas are known as the turf for chinmay mission as long, as long as that knowledge is the base and knowledge is the thing that is being communicated or adhered to i think we would be sticking to puja gurudev's vision which has been the vision of puja adi shankaracharya ji vedavyasa bhagwan all of them have been in the same uh, spread of knowledge and if we stick to that core i think we would be always in the in sync with puja gurudev's vision in the simplest way of looking at it then quantifying it do we measure this by how many centers we open how many students we have how many chicks we have what is the metric to really know that we're fulfilling that vision so even talking about dallas when we are exponentially increasing somebody said uh, asked the question to me saying oh so you are now uh, into the market where you want to increase by hundreds and thousands so i said no sir that is never the vision the vision is not about numbers it is not about how many centers or how many branches or how many uh, devotees that we could gather but it is from the standpoint that every individual that we come across that this knowledge is um, delivered into their heart and that's why even after going through two two years of vedanta course there is no insistence that they should stay back with the chinmay mission uh, and serve they are given a choice to serve or to take this knowledge and there are so many from the other organizations that come to learn from chinmay mission and we don't bind them by saying that you have to serve chinmay mission so there the idea is not about um starting <clears throat> a, a competition as to how many or uh, where we have uh, how many devotees that was never the criteria it is this knowledge to be delivered into the heart of that individual and truly when we are indebted to that knowledge we would come back to serve for the vision because a cursory half baked glance at the motto the one section that says to the maximum number of people that can be taken to mean like a franchising sort of uh, model where we oh we try to as many people as we can but that's really not what we're getting at so if you focus only on the first part of the motto wherein it says to the maximum number uh, then we are losing it we are losing the vision what is focused is not the maximum number but maximum happiness which only shastra can give and therefore shastra becomes the heart of chinmay mission 
Shastra Vichara becomes the heart of Chinmaya Mission. Jnana Yajna, study groups, satsangs, this becomes the heart of Chinmaya Mission. Whether it is for Balavihar, whether it is for Yuva Kendra, study groups, Devi groups, Yajnas, it is this knowledge which is an intrinsic part. That day when we deviate from this knowledge, then probably we can say that we have lost the vision and only numbers matter. But as long as we stick to this knowledge, we are doing service to Puja Gurudev's vision alone. In fact, it is not even Puja Gurudev's vision. That is the vision of the Shruti. And that Shruti vision is being, that, that wisdom, that light of knowledge is kept alive. Evam parampara praptam. From one generation to the other, under first I have to understand it. And that understanding I have to be able to cater it to the next generation. And I see that happening generation after generation. Though I'm still in my early 40s, but I have seen at least five generations go through. And it is only heartwarming to see that even the fifth or the sixth generation is coming back with vigor and enthusiasm to learn and be a part of this movement. That in itself is a proof. Uh, numbers don't matter. And with this latest generation, Swamiji is the national director of Chick West. So to the Chicks specifically, what does Swamiji see our role as in shaping the future of not just the organization and the mission, but like you said, the Shruti and this knowledge going forward? See, the greatest service that Chinmay Mission does, which for a layman seen from outside, it seems like we are doing nothing. Because what seems gratifying definitely is gratifying too. I'm not belittling it or uh, downplaying it that you feed a hungry stomach. You give an opportunity of a business to stand on, a livelihood to be made. These seem very tangible. But anything that you give, there is a time wherein they come back for more. But knowledge is the only thing which is liberated. And it's a very subtle field. It is not as tangible or as gross as the other seva. As Puji Gurudev put that motto himself for Yuva Kendra, to harness the youth potential through dynamic spirituality. So there are two aspects to it. One is again Shastra as the core, satsang and uh, understanding through various discourses and discussions what the context of knowledge is applicable to one's own self, strengthening one's own self. And then taking that knowledge and wisdom to reach out to because there is a lot of energy at that age. In Yuva Kendra, there is a hyper momentum of energy. And you cannot suddenly ask them to sit down and meditate. That would be ideal. But that energy has to be channelized. So to channelize that, to harness that potential and to channelize it through dynamic spirituality is in the field of seva. So satsang discourses and discussions are the key uh, heart of Yuva Kendra. And their expression is through seva. 
and seva that seva which is meaningful which can uplift the society and there is a meaningfulness and a direction of selflessness given to that youth through this knowledge that would be the focal point and as long as these two are catered to or adhered to i think the next generation will also be molded in in the vision of shruti vision of bhagwan adi shankaracharya ji and gurudev do we have a more difficult time fulfilling that if we're here in the west distractions <clears throat> are maybe different when you are in west versus east but there are distractions nonetheless so to be able to inspire this age group 18 to 28 that they can listen to upanishads and appreciate that upanishad as something pragmatic that can be applied in their day to day life is to lift their minds above these distractions and i don't look at it from the perspective that in west it is more difficult or east it is more difficult there are distractions and each distraction has to have its own way to handle it or to find a solution but once you transcend that then it is going back to the core again and the core happens to be shastra because i mean we have to understand that we are all searching for peace and happiness and this peace and happiness is not our experience consistent experience today because of our wrong identification and wrong identification is because of ignorance and that ignorance can be removed only through knowledge any other thing that you do is only like seva bhakti bhajan puja all these are preparatory to that mind which gets qualified to understand this knowledge and the shruti has been very clear gnanat evatu kaivalyam it's only through this knowledge that we can reach to that highest and what is the in the logo there is a beautiful statement from bhagavad gita that is taken nahi gnanena sadrsham pavitram iha vidyate that there is nothing like knowledge that can purify oneself so therefore that knowledge becomes our uh, heart of the movement and therefore satsangs therefore discourses therefore discussions become the means now they can be done through movie workshops they can be done through um, various hands on workshops or discussion groups modes can change depending on the crowd and their tenacity but the greatest way would be to have uh, sit in front of a guru and learn this knowledge without any other shenanigans as is that would be the key and in closing then two last questions i'll have some fun with this two instances one where you felt truly afraid of guru dev that majestic presence one time where that anger you've seen and you've been like wow that's you know got to clean up our act one other instance where the funniest moment you can think of with guru dev so you can take whichever order you like so long as you but these two instances i think in my four four plus 
years with Gurudev, there were only two instances where Gurudev was angry that I came across. One of them was definitely the fault of uh, Chinmay Mission Hyderabad Secretary's, um, I would say, he didn't pay attention to the inauguration time. Gurudev had already inaugurated and uh, what was announced uh, was a different time in the papers and what was told to Puja Gurudev was uh, different. And Puja Gurudev went and uh, inaugurated the Chinmay Mission uh, School, Chinmay Vidyalaya. And when people started arriving at the announced, paper announced uh, time, he blasted that secretary ji, like, I, I did not know, I was seeing it for the first time, so I was uh, shocked, dumbstruck, and I was like, I, something else catching hold of my feet that it didn't move. It took another uh, two people to like pull me away by my collar, away from that situation. But what was more refreshing that in through all this um, hyperventilated uh, angry moments, that how quickly Gurudev was able to switch over as if that was something that was necessary to bring that callous mind to discipline. And once that discipline is done, he would not be harping on it or uh, be lost in it. He would quickly switch around and move to the next, as if nothing ever happened. That shows that he was using his anger. And though for the first time, it didn't feel like that for me. I was scared. But I also feel, wish I was at least once reprimanded or scolded by him. Those people that I've seen that he scolded, the, the tremendous change that has happened in them is unbelievable. That they have become some of the best seekers that I know. I have done some mistakes, but Gurudev was very patient and don't know why, but he was very loving, compassionate, uh, almost bending over to accommodate my mistakes. The Hyderabad instance? Yeah, the Hyderabad instance where I almost, almost what? I messed up with his schedule and uh, he was just there for one day and that one day we had to organize the college youth meet and somehow I missed it and I had <laughs> funny I guess I didn't learn it from the uh, first instance wherein it was again the time incident which was wrongly marked and this was not just a time, it was a day. I changed the entire day uh, of this youth meet when Gurudev was not even in town. And Gurudev looked at me and said, well, you have your uh, repentance cut out for you. You have to go and talk to these 50 odd colleges. So they will give you their peace of mind and that's more than enough but I'll give you another opportunity in my next visit organized decently this time so that was his compassionate way of training and the funniest oh, that which I can never forget is not with Gurudev but it is about Gurudev as I said earlier in the beginning that there were 
about 45-50 of us uh, who had gone to the Mahasamadhi uh, in 93 and all 45-50 of us boarded the train back to Hyderabad from Delhi and up until we reached Warangal which is way in Andhra none of us had the heart to speak to each other everybody was like crying or heavy hearted that we wouldn't even talk to each other everybody was in a, a solemn solitude and that we wouldn't eat or nothing was so at Warangal we all got down to stretch our legs and the whole compartment was us people and there was a chaiwala and because of his insistence many of us did take our first chai after these many hours and you know somebody chanted a shloka somebody said an anecdote about Gurudev somebody said something else and there was more of shlokas happening so I know this uh, he's an architect so he came onto the platform and he was also overwhelmed we knew that he was not good in shlokas or was never in, but he was a very kind-hearted person so in his overwhelming emotion he wanted to say some shloka and he jumbled up something and he said namami krishna samharam and the, the moment that meaning hit us all that what what was he chanting he just created some words he jumbled up few words and he said i worship or invoke the blessings of that one who has killed krishna <laughs> and there was no shloka like that and that was like the hilarious moment that it broke all that silence and uh, quietude and we started laughing that was the first time after hours if not days hours that we really laughed and from then on it went into a lighter spirit and we all came back to normal senses I would say that was the most hilarious and with Gurudev as such we were six seven of us who were very tall so Gurudev if uh, many of us have been with him we know that he would uh, instead of waiting for people to come do prostrations take fruit as prasad he would throw the fruits with such masterly precision and uh, we were about six seven of us we would spread ourselves and uh, you know catch those intended for others we were being mischievous and he did not reprimand us but instead he took it up as a challenge to get past our barrier and to reach to that intended one and whenever we missed one he would you know gleefully look at us and say ha you know I beat you so, those intimate moments that very few have seen that you've been like watching tennis with him he's a huge tennis fan oh yes loved Steffi Graf hated John McEnroe yes <laughs> and he loved game of John McEnroe but his temper was the constant example that he would give us all saying that is not how you lose your temper. Steffi Graf he would always say that uh, her name should be Steffi Grace because she would play with such grace and he would uh, sit in front of that TV late night after the whole satsang and everything is done and all chicks are sitting around him and he said go Graf come on you know slam it in or slice it in and he would be so uh, animated and that's actually my first introduction to tennis 
I had no clue what that game was until then. And it's only looking at Pooja Gurudev. And if I can say about uh, the most appalling or uh, I, I thought it was sacrilegious that Gurudev was getting off a train and we were busy picking his luggage and getting. So there was a book that Gurudev was reading and he looked around and he saw me and he gave me that book. <laughs> Read this book. I thought it was some profound book and I looked it was French Kiss. <laughs> and like what? <laughs> Gurudev was a prolific reader. So he would read all kinds of books. And I would say that was my first introduction to any kind of English novels. And what a start to start with a French kiss. <laughs> so if you had to sum up Gurudev in one word, one word only, in any language, what is that word? Karuna Sagaraya Namaha. The ocean of compassion. I know you asked for one word. In Sanskrit it is one word. The translation would be ocean of compassion. Nothing less. Thank you very much for the time, Swamiji. Hariyo. Thank you. When we started this podcast, our intention was to really know Gurudev. The man his vision, and our mission. The vast majority of Yuvakendra members have never met Gurudev, and those who have, have fuzzy memories of him. And our sincere hope is that this little podcast got you a little closer to Pooja Gurudev. We chronicled his early visits to the U.S., we heard of his enthusiasm to reach out to spiritually hungry minds in the West, and we even got a glimpse of his rigorous traveling schedule. Thank you to all those who granted us interviews, and a special, special thank you to Swami Sarveshananji, the very first supporter of this project. Hariyom. The Gurudev Podcast is produced by Chick West and brought to you by Sattvic Media. Our content manager is Ramesh Chirvu. Our executive producer is Swami Sarveshananji. And I'm your host, Sridhar Karra. Vande Chinmaya Sadguru.